Have you ever found a Bible verse confusing or frustrating? Or found two Bible verses that seem to contradict each other? Have you ever felt like something was missing from your toolbox during your Bible study? Well, First Fruits of Zion has just re-released a 10-week course designed to give you the tools you need to interpret the Bible in its original language, context, culture, time, and place. It's called Hayasod the Foundation. We have the principal instructor and the author of the curriculum here today to tell us all about it. Put your hand in mine together We will walk in harmony Let me introduce you to my teacher The rabbi from the Galilee You're listening to Messiah Podcast, where Jesus is Jewish and that changes everything. Messiah Podcast is a production of First Fruits of Zion. Well, welcome back to Messiah Podcast. I'm Jacob Franzak, and I'm here with D. Thomas Lancaster, who wrote the curriculum for Hayasod, the foundation, and the principal instructor for Hayasod, Aaron Eby. What's up, you guys? Hey, Jacob. Hi, Jacob. It's good to be here. We're talking about Hayasod, the foundation today. And we've said it enough times, hopefully people are starting to ask the question, what the heck is Hayasod the Foundation? And Dan, you wrote Hayasod the Foundation. So before we go any further, maybe you can sum up what it is for the novice listener. Yeah, I'd be happy to. So Hayasod goes way back, way, way back. Hayasod, like you said, it means the foundation. And it goes back to when our boss and colleague, Boaz Michael, was uh, first out on the road teaching with First Fruits of Zion back in the 90s. And he, he tells this story about having been to Australia and teaching a whole conference there. And then leaving Australia on the flight home, he, he just felt this sadness over leaving these disciples behind with no tools to move forward on their own. And so he wanted to devise a course or write some sort of study course that would give them the foundations for how to access the scriptures themselves from a Messianic Jewish perspective. And so that was the origin of the Hayasod course. Okay, so that goes way back to the 90s, and that came out, you know, the first iteration of this came out in the early 90s then, and since then, it's gone through a couple different versions. First Fruits of Zion has learned a lot in the 30 years that we've been doing teaching, right? And so we're able to express the material a lot more succinctly this time around, and I think we're able to get to the heart of the matter to really lay out what are these foundations that people need in order to understand the Bible from a Messianic Jewish perspective. What we need is a good understanding of the land of Israel, the people of Israel, and the scriptures of Israel as they would be understood from a first century perspective. Nice. And as you mentioned, it has been recently rewritten, and I want to come to that in a moment. But first, I want to explore this idea of a Messianic Jewish perspective. You know, I was, I'm a seminary graduate, and I got, I don't know, I got 14 commentaries on Romans. It's easy to get perspective fatigue. You can get a lot of perspectives, and maybe someone's thinking, well, this is just another perspective on the Bible. And I think Calling Just calling it a Messianic Jewish perspective is true, but maybe burying the lead a little bit because Messianic Jewish perspective is not just one among many perspectives 
in the sense that it's just as valid or invalid as any other. At least that's, I, I don't think so. So maybe Aaron wants to take a crack at this. What would you say is uniquely powerful about a Messianic Jewish perspective as far as scriptural interpretation? Well, I think most Bible interpreters would agree that the most important component in interpreting the Bible is context, right? You have to read a verse in its context, and that doesn't just mean read it in a in the context of the paragraph or even the chapter. You know, you of course you have to know where that book fits into the whole biblical narrative, and you can even go beyond that and say, well, how does the Bible fit into its broader context. I think that's where a Messianic Jewish perspective is really helpful because the first followers of Jesus or Yeshua were Jews. Uh, he himself, Yeshua, was born as a Jew. He he taught as a Jewish rabbi in the land of Israel, the home of the Jewish people. And he taught in a very normative, a surprisingly normative way about Jewish things. And the same was true about Paul and Peter and James, or should I say, you know, Shaul, Shimon, and Yaakov. Their culture, their customs, their interpretations were all Jewish. So from a Messianic Jewish perspective, the, the New Testament becomes very familiar territory. You know, so often readers not only fail to grasp the meaning of the text because they missed that Jewish context, but they don't even realize what they've missed, that they've missed something. And so a Messianic Jewish reading really adds color and depth, and it untangles the passages that seem cryptic, that the people so often gloss over. Hmm. Yeah, we're putting the text against the correct background in the correct context, and they sort of just, you know, all the verses just come to life. Yeah, it clicks together all of a sudden. It's like when you've Come at the New Testament text, especially with a Messianic Jewish perspective, reading it as Jewish literature written to Jewish people, written from a Jewish hand. Oh, man, it's just like, you know, it's the difference between black and white and color or, you know, black and white. And I, I don't know. It's like people refer to it as like, it's like I've got a whole new Bible. I feel like I've been born again again. These are the sorts of things we hear when people start to study with us. People start to learn these foundations of, uh, of how to approach the text, how to understand the text. As if you were listening to Yeshua speak and you were there present with him and you had all of the same assumptions and the same cultural assumptions that he had and the same set of uh, contextual clues that he's delivering on. It's a complete turning over of a new leaf. You might feel like, oh, I know the Bible so well. I've been studying the Bible my entire life. But I'm, I'm telling you, this is something different. And I think you hit on something important there, because there are a lot of academics and scholars who acknowledge the Jewish context of the Bible and the New Testament in particular. But there's something different about not just changing the material that you use to compare but putting yourself at the feet of a Jewish rabbi, that's what I think is different between a Messianic Jewish perspective versus an academic perspective that properly incorporates the Jewish context. It's that you've now changed your posture. You are adopting those presuppositions into your own uh, mentality as you're reading these scriptures and hearing these interpretations. Yeah, I was having lunch with a local pastor one time, and um I forget what I was reading. I think it was um, it was a Jew to the Jews. And he's like, what's that? And I sort of explained it to him. I was like, yeah, you know, the apostles kept practicing Judaism and all this stuff. And he's like, yeah, I know that. 
because he had read the academic literature. But he went on to say that, well, they shouldn't have. The apostles were mistaken. And I was like, whoa, dude, like if you... I had that same conversation one time with a with a pastor, actually a dean of a seminary. I, I sat down and had that exact same conversation. He was like, yeah, the apostles didn't get that Judaism was over. <laughs> yeah. Like if you're not chill with the apostles, how are you chill with the gospels? <laughs> you... But that, you know, you have to acknowledge that's a very honest statement there. The idea that Christian interpretation has moved on from where the apostles once were. He's accurately describing uh, a Christian interpretation. Yeah, we can be appreciative of the self-awareness involved in the theological catastrophe that's occurred here. <laughs> um, so, Dan, you mentioned that the, the script has been revised. Obviously, you know, the tech is better. We have better cameras. Our, our AV uh, crew has, is only multiplying their abilities and talents. So, of course, you know, re-recording all the stuff made sense in terms that we can create a better product. However, there has also been some changes to the content of Hyasote. Not big, gigantic, sweeping, we made a mistake changes necessarily, but there's been a shift in emphasis that I noticed when I was going through it and that I really appreciated. And maybe, Dan, since you did this rewrite, you can tell us what's new in this edition of Hyasote. Yeah, I would love to. Yeah, there's definitely a shift in emphasis. You picked that up, that's for sure. So the original version of Hayasod and even the second version of Hayasod, the emphasis was really on the Torah with the idea that, you know, the big discovery, and you could sum up the whole ministry of First Fruits of Zion at that time with maybe the phrase, hey, the Torah isn't done away with. Jesus didn't come to cancel the law. Matthew 5, 17, right? You know, and then we just kind of were camping on that verse, and it was a very exciting idea. This was a huge discovery for us. We had a book at one time called Torah Rediscovered, and that really was the emphasis. That was the thrust, and that was a necessary first step for sure. But what we were not really factoring in was that in addition to the Torah not being done away with, in addition to the Torah not being canceled, you know what else isn't canceled? You know what else wasn't scrapped by the New Testament? The Jewish people. And so this is what I feel like was really missing from earlier iterations of Hayasod, earlier versions of Hayasod, that began to begin the discussion with the Torah is the wrong place to begin the discussion. You need to begin the discussion with the people of God. You know, the whole course is supposed to be about the land, the people, and the scriptures of Israel, right? The land, the people, and the scriptures of Israel. These are the foundations that the whole Bible stands on. That's the theory of the course. But we were kind of giving the people of Israel short shrift in previous versions. So this version, for example, starts out strong with, who are the people of Israel? Who, who are the people of God? Who, who are the Jewish people? And really trying to wrestle around with that and come to an understanding of that. And then their relationship to the other two foundations, the land of Israel and the scriptures of Israel. And that from there, then we can begin to build and we can take on a lot of what really are fundamental questions that should be absolutely basic, such as, well, what is salvation? What is faith? What does faith mean? What is grace? 
We talk about grace versus law. Okay, well, what is grace exactly? And how is that understood? You know, there's an answer you may have heard in the church, but there's also an answer that comes right out of the Hebrew scriptures of what grace means. And so we just go through all these very simple, very basic ideas and really lay out, here's the terminology, here's the depth. What is discipleship? What does it mean to be a disciple? Or we come to Paul and we say, what does Paul mean by under the law? By defining this terminology, this gives us a whole toolkit for opening the Bible and being able to read it for ourselves with a Jewish understanding. So that's that's what really the rewrite was focusing on. And then, of course, finally, the big change in emphasis for us at First Fruits of Zion has been to adopt what we call a kingdom perspective. And that is the understanding that the gospel the gospel message that Yeshua taught was about the coming kingdom of heaven. Is focused, he's focused on the coming kingdom of heaven. He's not focused on putting up a mezuzah on your doorpost. He's not focused on some of these ancillary matters of basic Torah observance. They should go without saying. They certainly did go without saying in the life of Yeshua and in the gospels. They should go without saying. Instead, his focus is on the coming eschatological judgment, the coming of the kingdom, the end of exile, the final redemption, the establishment of Jerusalem. And so we're shifting the focus to that anticipation of the coming kingdom. So there, that's my summary of the new Hayasod. Hop on board. Nice. I think that putting the Jewish people first, I like it for a lot of reasons. One reason I like it is because I think uh, in the first century, when you have Gentiles having some contact with any revelation of of the God of Israel whatsoever, what's their first exposure going to be? It's not that they went to Books A Million and picked out a a Bible off the shelf or went to church or something like that. It's going to be that they met a Jewish person. Their first encounter with the God of Israel is going to be mediated through a real live Jewish person. So, So to put the Jewish people first as far as recontextualizing the the Bible in the New Testament, is is only to put ourselves into the shoes of a, an early disciple, I think, in, in a certain way. I also like it because in the Bible, the Jewish people come before the Bible. Like you have the God's covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and then it's hundreds and hundreds of years later, you have the Torah given to Moses on Mount Sinai. So there's like an ontological priority. There's like a, a, a the Jewish people were around for a long time, before the Torah and the existence of a relationship between God and Israel is the context for the giving of the Torah in the first place. Exactly. That's well said. We don't have a Bible outside of the Jewish people. The the Jewish people are the vector through which the scriptures have come to us. Okay. So, so it's not as if the Bible just like dropped from heaven, you know, boom, here comes, here's a big book that God drops into the hands of human beings. Instead, everything comes through Israel. And this is this is made explicit by Paul. He says, to them were given the oracles of God. So let's go to Aaron, because you you went and taught through all this material. And you know, your your excitement about it and your passion for it is evident in your teaching. I really have really enjoyed listening to you go through it. What are you really hoping to see disciples of Yeshua? take away from Hayasod? Like, what are some of the most important, let's say even like 
practical changes you would hope to see after someone graduates from high Sode? What's going to look different in their life? Well, uh, first, let me clarify what I do not hope to see. And that is, you know, we, we're not telling Christians to become Jews. But what it will do is it's going to strengthen your faith in God's promises, and uh, it's going to ignite a passion for learning the scriptures. I think a very practical effect is you're going to open up the Bible, and it's going to mean new things to you, and uh, it's going to inspire you to keep on coming back to it. My hope is that it's going to inspire people to really take up Yeshua's calling of discipleship, to be more like him, to feel like there's a reason for why we should, you know, be good people in this world, to feel a, a, that mission in a greater context. And I would like them to feel a stronger connection to the Jewish people also and to the land of Israel. Who knows, maybe uh, take a trip to the land of Israel. And, you know, you mentioned, as we know, that there's a lot of, there are a lot of Gentiles hearing the Hayasod that are going to be students in our Hayasod class. But I also know that there are many Jewish people in Christian churches as well. And I hope it's going to awaken in them some sense of desire to reconnect to their Jewish identity. Yeah, and I think that's worth mentioning. We are not trying to get Christians to live Jewish lives, but we are very happy to see Jewish people live Jewish lives. And a lot of times, if it's uh, if they've been in the church, especially for more than like a generation, they haven't been encouraged to, and they've probably been heavily discouraged from doing anything that looks Jewish. Maybe you can explain why we'd be against that. Sure. Well, you know, um, the Bible is all about covenants. God made lots of covenants throughout the Bible. He made a covenant with the Jewish people at Mount Sinai, and uh, he gave them laws to, to observe, and he says that they should be perpetual. They should be for all your generations. And those covenants and that calling is only reinforced in the New Testament. When Paul went, went around telling Gentiles, hey, you know what? You don't need to convert and become a Jew in order to be included in the people of God. He, at the same time, was reinforcing uh, this that uh, the Jewish people are a part of this chosen nation, and they have responsibilities to God that, as a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. So it's appropriate for a Jewish person to take on the mantle of really being uh, that priestly role among nations to reveal godliness to the world through the Torah. And uh, yeah, it doesn't go well with the replacement theology that says there really is no difference between Jews and Gentiles anymore or in terms of calling. And in terms of, you know, back to the idea of the practical application for Gentiles, when I say we don't want Gentiles to become Jews, that doesn't mean we wouldn't like Gentiles to conform their lives to the Torah, because the Torah has concepts in it that apply both to Jews and to Gentiles. There just are ways that Gentiles can approach the Torah that reflects them receiving that revelation from the Jewish people and their holiness as Gentiles as well. Yeah, this is another, you bring up a, a good point. That's another of the things that makes this version of Hayasod new and improved and better than previous versions is that in previous versions, we didn't really understand distinction theology. That is, we didn't really understand the difference between the role of a Jewish disciple, the role of a Gentile disciple in the body of Messiah. And, you know, having come around that corner and saying, wow, there really is a place for the Jewish people to continue as Jewish people living out their covenant obligations, and there really is a place for the nations to attach to the God of Israel and to attach themselves to the Jewish religion 
in an appropriate manner as the nations without usurping the role, without cultural, uh, cultural misappropriation <laughs> uh, taking place. And so that's something new uh, for this version of Hayasa that I think comes through very loud and clear and it's in, in quite a beautiful way. And I think people will find it inspiring. Yeah, and I, you know, I, I think we want to come against the impression that a lot of people have that Gentile is a disparaging term, that you're either in the people of God or you're not. And then we use a term that's really kind of a an outsider term, like Gentile. It, it sounds like we're excluding someone from the picture, and that's really not what that term is. You said you use actually the term nations as well. It's really not about being excluded. It's about how we all participate together. You know, Paul used this ter- this terminology of the parts of the body. We all are parts of a body. And to understand what is our part, how we contribute to the whole is really essential for having a healthy body. I always love to go back to the the metaphor of a grocery store. You've got people who work there. You have people that that shop there. They're all part of a whole system. And uh, you don't have to feel jealous of one another. We're all uh, in this together and doing the business of the kingdom. Yeah, and some of that is baked into the language. You know, the, the term Gentile doesn't necessarily sound like a great identity. You know, it doesn't sound like a flattering identity. The term non-Jew is just awful. I don't like to think of myself as a non-Jew. I wouldn't want to own the title non-Jew any more than I would refer to myself as a non-woman. But I do have a solid identity as a member of the nations. I'm I'm part of the nations. And that's what Paul was all excited about. So we try to bring that out in this in this version of Hayusa to really show the enthusiasm of the apostle Paul that the the gospel was going forth. It was breaking out of the chrysalis of Israel and going out to the nations. You know, taking over the entire world. That's that's what Messiah is supposed to do. The Messiah is his kingdom is supposed to be a universal kingdom. That they're supposed to be he's supposed to be ruling the whole the whole world coming under the economy of the house of David. So yeah, I hope that comes through. I know that some people feel like, oh, first fruits of Zion, they're telling me not to be Torah observant. That's not the case at all. There's tons of Torah observance for the nations. Some of the biggest things in the Torah, justice, righteousness, and mercy, these are universal things that apply to everyone equally. Oh, man, I feel convicted just hearing you, hearing you talk about it. <laughs> good, good, good. You should, Jacob. You should. <laughs> <laughs> So we've been talking about Hayasod as if it's a, like a pill you take or something. Tell me what is what is Hayasod as a as a physical object I can see or touch? All right, that's a great question. You know, we probably should let people know exactly what it is we're talking about. We said Hayasod means the foundation, but we didn't really explain what the course is. It is a study course. It's a it's essentially a Bible study course, and this is the way it works. There's there's a video component. There's 10 video lessons that you watch online. And you can get there at our website, ffoz.org. You go to our website and you can sign up to watch these 10 video lessons. And each lesson is about, I don't know, 45, 50 minutes, something like that. And there you've got Aaron teaching, and he's leading you through the material as he's teaching these different concepts. And then every so often, we cut away to some other scene in the land of Israel. So Aaron's in Jerusalem, he's teaching in Jerusalem, and then we head out to some location in the land of Israel to teach 
out in the field on location with my colleague Boaz Michael and myself on location saying, hey, here we are standing in the Galilee and let me tell you about what happened here. That's kind of the idea of the video component. And then meanwhile, students are following along. You get to follow along in a workbook and with fill in the blank questions and so forth to make sure you're paying attention and getting all the critical notes. That's the Hayasog course, 10 lessons, comes with a workbook. The whole thing can be done online, or you can do it in a group context. You could get a whole bunch of people together in your living room and get a dozen high-assode student workbooks and, and watch the videos together as, as sort of a home Bible study or a Sunday school class environment. It works great for that. Lots of different applications. You can find it all. You learn all about it at ffoz.org. I got to say those those Israel segments are really beautiful. They're breathtaking. The the scenery that you get to see and the connection that you feel you really feel like you're there in the land and uh, it makes everything come alive so much more than just me being the talking head in the Brahm Center. It's really worth seeing because it, it, it will give you a whole different perspective on the Bible and on the land of Israel. Yeah, that is one of the, I, I got to say, that is one of the th- major upgrades from all previous versions of Hayasod is the cinematography on this one. Not only have we moved up to high definition, but we've got some beautiful drone footage, you know, sweeping panoramas. Yeah. So if you've never been to Israel, this is a, 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 a cheap way to get a tour of the land of Israel. If you have been to Israel, you're going to love seeing it from this perspective. Nice. Now, I have gotten questions personally about the change in how you get into Hyasode. For people who have maybe maybe done this before, we used to, if you wanted to do Hyasode, you had to go through like an interview process. And we really made you jump through hoops to be a, a leader. And if you wanted to be a student, you had to know a leader or convince someone to be a leader. And there was this whole formal structure that sur- that we sort of cocooned the program in because we didn't want people taking our material and then like tacking stuff onto it. Like, and also you should kill a real lamb on Passover if you can or whatever, like just weird stuff. Um, we didn't want all that to be associated with our material. Now, we have taken all of that walled garden sort of philosophy, and that's Torah Club now. Hayasod is much easier, right? How do you sign up for Hayasod now? Right. So now, <laughs> that's funny the way you put it. Yeah, we just gave up on that. So now you just go to the website, you you pay for the course on the website, and boom, you're registered. You're in your registered user, and and you can access the videos. You own them. They stream to your computer and you can watch them as often as you like. And um, that's it. Simple as that. Yeah. And as far as we know, in our computers or whatever, there's no such thing as a Hyasod group. If you want to form a group, then you can all just sign up. Yeah. Do it yourself. Fantastic. Makes, <laughs> makes it easier for us. And it's easy for you. It's easy for everybody. Just click the button and you and you're in. All right, so I have a couple of questions maybe looking forward into the future. One is, um, I'm sure by the time this goes out, there's going to be people who are halfway through Hyasode and they're already thinking, yeah, I love it, but what's the next thing I should do after this? Like, I'm on board, I like the Messianic Jewish perspective, but I feel like this was only the barest taste and I want to get the full course meal. What's after Hyasode? That's a great question, since we're saying Hayasod is the foundation. 
But you don't really stop with the foundation when you're building a house, right? I think what we're really hoping is that people who complete the Hayasod program will gravitate towards becoming a member of our Torah clubs. The Torah club is our continual, ongoing weekly Bible study, national Bible study, international Bible study that's taking place. And in the Torah club, we go through the, the Torah, through the five books of Moses, along with the annual cycle, the annual synagogue lectionary, the reading cycle. And uh, we also get outside of that box once in a while and study the Gospels or study we've got coming up in a few years. We're going to be studying through Acts of the Apostles uh, together, international Bible study, everybody all together, all on the same train. So that's what Torah Club is. So ideally, we would like to see Hayasod students commute over to Torah Club, and you can learn about Torah Club at ffoz.org. Aaron, you wrote a series of articles, actually still ongoing, I believe, for Messiah Magazine about the kingdom. So I thought I'd give you a shot at this. We are looking, of course, to see individual disciples of Yeshua enrich their faith, enrich their, their devotion. But if we zoom out a little bit, Let's say everybody took Hayasod. All the disciples of Jesus went out and, and finally reconnected with their biblical heritage, the land, the scriptures, the people of Israel. What kind of a change would you expect to see globally? Or how would this bring us closer to the kingdom that we all hope and long for? Great question. And what an amazing thing that would be to <laughs> see that it go that widespread. You know, you look at look at the Bible, look at the prophet Isaiah and how he imagines the future. He speaks about how the Jewish people are called to be a light to the nations. And uh, he talks about the nations coming up to experience Israel's light. And, you know, and that's the kingdom. And in the kingdom, that's just what we will be. The Torah will go forth from Zion and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. That's the everything in its proper place, the whole mechanism working the way it's supposed to, the mechanism of, of the revelation of God. But what's the world like right now to what could it be compared? It's like what Yeshua said. It's as though the light of the Jewish people is under a basket. You know, by and large, we're not the teachers of the nations that we're meant to be. So in a way, Hayasod goes about uh, restoring that prophetic order. It's one step closer to the way things one day will real, really be with the Messiah seated in Jerusalem and the nations inquiring from him about the Torah. Come, let us go up. Let's let's go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Israel. Amen. All right, well, one last little challenge, I guess, for both of you. Neither of you are in the marketing department, but we're going to put your skills to the test. Sell our listeners, Hyacinth. Give me like an elevator pitch for Hyacinth. And I guess we'll start with Aaron because alphabetically he comes first. <laughs> okay. Look, you want to understand the Bible better. You want to understand Yeshua better. You want to do a better job of connecting to, to God and to fulfill your role in this world, in this life. And the way to uh, achieve that, to overcome the obstacles to that, which is the fact that you, you know, it's it's hard to just pick up the Bible and understand what it means. The Bible is translated, yeah, but there are all, all kinds of cultural nuances and difficulties, challenges that because we're distanced by thousands of years and thousands of miles and by language barriers, cultural barriers, 
so the way to really become the disciple that God is calling you to be is to dig in and learn what the Bible is really teaching us. And Hyasod can help you with that. It's an easy way to know that you're getting really a solid foundation in your discipleship and to open up new vistas of discipleship and walking in the path of God. See if you can top that, Dan. Here's why you want to study Hyasod, because a house that's built without a foundation, to what can this be likened? This is like the master's parable of the house that's built on the sand. The rain comes down, the wind blows, and that house falls with a big crash. And so what Hyasod offers you is a foundation for not just how you understand the Bible, but a foundation for your faith. Because we believe not just in God as an abstract principle, but we believe in the God of Israel, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And so we want to understand the people of Israel, the land of Israel, and the scriptures of Israel as followers of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And those should be foundational things that we bring to our faith, to our practice, and to our reading of the Bible. And so Hayasod is going to offer you a course in those foundations. So that sounds pretty critical. You build a house, you want to have a strong foundation. So, uh, you know, I'm a seminary graduate. I have my undergrad, went to Liberty University and, and got a whatever the bachelor's degree version of a seminary sort of material was. And I came into Hyasod uh, and learned a lot. Hyasod gives you the tools to make sense of the Bible. And if you can't make sense of the Bible, everything else that you believe and do is going to be cattywampus, right? It's going to go in all different directions and you're not even going to know it. I mean, and that's, that idea terrifies me and hopefully it terrifies you to think that you could be putting so much effort in to pedal your bike and you're going in the wrong direction. Hyasode gives you the tools you need to actually understand what the Bible means. And it's not nearly as complicated as a lot of people have made it out to be. Once you have the tools, once you have the context, once you have the background. Personally, I think it's it should be required reading for every disciple. And I hope as many people sign up for it as possible and invite your friends and your family and some people you don't know and uh, make your pastor go through it too. Go to ffoz.org and sign up for Hyasode today. It's fantastically easy. It's delivered right into your electronic device of, of your choice. You don't even have to buy a workbook, although you can if you want to. Thanks, Dan and Aaron, for being here. And thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in for today's Messiah podcast. If you're interested in learning more about the Jewish Jesus, check out First Fruits of Zion at ffoz.org. And if you enjoyed this episode, please give us a five-star rating wherever you're listening. Messiah Podcast is made possible by the generosity of our First Fruits of Zion friends. FFOZ friends are people like you who support our mission and get loads of exclusive Bible commentary, teaching, and content. You can join today at ffoz.org. Tune in next time for more great conversations. Until then, shalom. Like the waters cover the sea